It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts your car will need in a traditional chain storefront. So why would you bother going there and paying higher prices uh, because they give preferred pricing to mechanics? You can go to rockauto.com and get cheap prices and better prices and the same price as everyone else rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com they have everything you need in a few easy clicks gets delivered directly to your door and if they ask how did you hear about us in that box let them know locked on sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, here again with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, the Dodgers' streak of not losing a series continues. Although this game, they took a little bit different route to get there. Yeah, it was definitely not uh, not all fun and games from the start, but uh, it was fun and games at the end, and and that's that's the part that they put in the standings is how it ends. So that's all that matters to me. The Dodgers continue their domination. Well, not not so much domination this night, but the domination of the later innings. We'll get a little bit into Bueller and Scott Alexander and a couple things about the game. And then we'll get into a little bit of a discussion about bunning and the extra inning rule in general. But before all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. All right, Jeff, we'll start off with Walker Bueller was activated to make the start in order to make room for him. The Dodgers option, Scott Alexander. We talked about him just on yesterday's show as a potential guy that's pitching himself out of an October role, uh, but now he seems to have pitched himself out of a September role, at least for the time being. Yeah, and uh, you know, in hindsight, it's not that surprising. The only really surprising thing about it was that Scott Alexander had options available, and it turns out he uh, he still has another one after this year, uh, and that's if he's down long enough to use an option year this year. Um, it's, he's been in the big leagues for, this is like his sixth season, uh, but he hasn't used up all his options yet. And so, uh, but yeah, performance wise, you know, Alexander was definitely the odd man out in this bullpen. And so that move made sense and it's nice to get Bueller back. Uh, Just on the Alexander front, you know, it probably came down between him and Dennis Santana, but with the fact of Alex Wood being added, and they're already having a bunch of left-handed pitchers. It's probably what it came down to, and the fact that he had options. So he might be back up if anyone gets hurt or struggles, but uh, you know that, that remains to be seen. On the Bueller front, he went five innings, gave up zero runs, uh, came out you know a little earlier, but coming off the blister and with the Dodgers going the rotation on normal rest for the first time, you know a little bit cautious, 
Caleb Ferguson did come in and allow the home run. But what do we see from Bueller? He, he, you know, what we he's been up and down most of the year, but his last two starts have been looked really good. Yeah, and, and Bueller himself said his off-speed stuff wasn't as reliable in this game. Uh, he was dependent more on the fastball. Uh, he's, he didn't really seem to chalk that up to anything blister-related. He said there's just some games in a season where every all the pitches are working and some games where you have to adjust because they're not all working. And uh, I was a little nervous when, I guess it was when the Dodgers were hitting in the bottom of the fifth and it became clear when Ferguson was warming up and then they showed Roberts talking to Bueller in the dugout. And Bueller was looking at his hand, and I got nervous that they might be pulling him out for blister-related reasons, but that turned out to not be the case. There weren't any concerns there. Uh, it was just uh, Roberts just wanted to uh, pull him a little bit early coming off the IL, and uh, and Bueller didn't come out and say that he uh, was okay with the decision, but he came about as close as a guy as competitive as Walker Bueller is, is going to come. Um, he, he said, I've been a lot angrier at different times in my career being pulled out of a game. And so, uh, you know, basically sounds like Bueller was as fine as he's going to get with that decision to pull him out. And obviously Ferguson giving up the home run to the second batter he faced or whatever made it look like a less great decision, but, uh, all in all things worked out and Bueller looked really good and his area is down to 360 now on the season which is uh, getting much closer to where we expect it to be than where it was two starts ago. Hopefully he can keep it going. When his fastball is rolling, he's able to get through a lineup two times just with that and at least a decoy of some off-speed pitches. So it's good to see him be able to do that. On the other side, the Dodgers were dominated by Zach Gallen for his pretty much his whole time in. He was in seven and a third. Yeah, seven and a third. And after Mookie Betts let off the game with the hit, they did not get a hit again. Uh, Jock Peterson walked, and that's what kicked Gallen out of the game. Luckily, the Dodgers were able to score in the ninth because of Mookie Betts. So, Jeff, you know, Mookie Betts uh, continues to be the guy the Dodgers traded for. Yeah, it was actually seven and a batter for Gallen. Seven plus, oh, yeah. not seven and a third. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, obviously the Dodgers haven't been shut out yet this year. And I think it's going to be really, really hard to shut them out when you have to face Mookie Betts at least four times in a game. Uh, I mean, obviously he's not going to home run every hit a home run every game, but uh, just you know he had their only two hits to that point in the game, uh, and it's just going to be really hard between Mookie and Seager and Belly when he's healthy, and and this whole lineup. It's going to be really hard to get through this lineup three and a half times without allowing any runs for any pitcher and the fact that they, the D backs couldn't do it on a night when gallon was basically unhittable kind of, kind of says a lot about the Dodgers that they got dominated by the starting pitcher and still found a way to win. I think that's awesome. And I am excited and dreading uh, about watching Zach gallon face the Dodgers for the next several years. Cause that dude's really good. And that changeup makes me angry. Yeah. He's pitched against them twice this year done very well, both times. But when it comes to the Dodgers, We've seen it, you know, they, they've outscored, I forget what the number is now, but they've outscored teams by a lot in the seventh, and seventh inning and on. 
and you know everyone's kind of noticing. I watched the game with my grandpa the other day, and uh, when they were when Mike Miner shut them down for six innings, and my grandpa said, "Don't worry, once they change the pitcher, they'll score some they'll score some runs," and they ended up scoring as soon as uh, a reliever came in. So you know that that bodes well for not just regular season but playoffs. If they do face a team with strong starting pitching, you know if they can eke out a run or two and then get into the bullpen, hopefully you know sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, even with some of these teams strong bullpens, uh, the Dodgers seem cap- more capable against those types of guys than the starting pitcher sometimes. Yeah, it's 70 to 29 that they're outscoring the teams in the late innings. And one thing that I loved was that it happened to be Will Smith coming up in that situation. I just had so much confidence. Smith is, you know, Smith and Mookie and you know, almost everybody in, on the team, you know they can get it done. But the way Smith has been hitting the ball, you know he's going to get a good pitch to hit. He's not going to chase and he's hitting the ball hard, and and you just kind of know, okay, he understands the situation. He's going to elevate the ball. He's going to get the ball in the air, and and he hits the ball so hard that that he's not going to hit it shallow enough for David Peralta to throw Chris to to throw Chris Taylor out at home. And that's what we got. You know that uh, Smith gets credit for a hit on that. In any other situation, that's a sack fly because you know that was a routine fly out to left, but it was deep enough that it was over Peralta's head because Peralta was playing in. And yeah, like I loved having Smith coming up with that situation and just knowing, sweet, the Dodgers have won this game. Yeah, anytime Smith comes up, like you said, in that situation, you pretty much expect at least a run-scoring fly ball. He did come up earlier in the game, not in that situation. It was first and second, I believe. Or no, yeah, first and either way, he he hit into a double play, which is pretty rare for him. Even uh, Joe Davis mentioned that he has the lowest ground ball rate in the league, I believe. So when he came up in that spot, you just kind of knew the game was going to end right there. The way they got to that point was with some bunts and the extra inning rule which we are going to talk about but first let's talk about indeed sports had a break but your business didn't hopefully you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people fast you only pay for what you need you can pause your account at any time there's no long-term contracts you get full control and payment flexibility all the tools to make your search easier, sponsored jobs, which are three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, it's going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. That means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now, indeed.com slash locked on MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. After you do that, maybe, you know, you put the job listing and now you're hungry. Well, you can go to Postmates. Postmates will bring you everything or anything you need within the hour. Food, groceries, medicine, whatever. Well, not personal medicine, but like, you know, NyQuil or something. Whatever kind of delivery service all year round, anything you're craving, Postmates can get it. Especially in this time right now, you don't want to go out there and, you know, maybe expose yourself or you just don't want to leave the house. Maybe you're in your underwear or whatever it is. Postmates can bring you whatever you need 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. No more trips to the store. No more trips to the drive through Postmates will do it all for you. All you have to do is download the app on iOS or Android for free. 
Browse whatever you need and track your delivery in real time. And right now, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days with when you download the app and use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days with the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Download Postmates and save with code Locked On. Keep it Locked On Dodgers. All right, Jeff, we are back in obscure former Dodger time, and this guy is very obscure. His name stood out to me, and he had a, a decent enough background to make for an obscure former Dodger. And the way I got there was that Zach Gallon's from New Jersey, and I looked for players that played in New Jersey, or that players that were born in New Jersey, and then I just tried to find a name that looked fun or someone that maybe I knew was an obscure former Dodger. And the name I came across was Farmer Steelman. Farmer Steelman was a catcher and outfielder. He played for the Brooklyn Superbas in 1901. He was with the team for not sure how long he was, but he only appeared in one game that year for the Superbas. He got three at-bats, one hit, and that was the entirety of his Dodger career. He also played for a couple other teams, the Louisville Colonels and the Philadelphia Athletics. And he ended up banging around and, and playing around in a couple of independent leagues and some other leagues. Uh, but then he retired in, in uh, 1909. He had a 14-year career in baseball, uh, not that long in the majors. Never hit a home run in the majors. Uh, he had a couple home runs in the minors. Um, but yeah, I guess the story wasn't as fun as it is, but his name is Farmer Steelman. His real name is Morris James Steelman. His nickname's Farmer. I don't see why they called him that, so I'm assuming either he was a farmer, his family was a farmer, or something else. Yeah, uh, Farmer Steelman. He actually played for the Superbas in 1900, too, so had one, one game in each of those two seasons, total of seven plate appearances, and, uh, yeah. That's what it was. He sat out the whole year in 1900 yeah. except for one game. Um, yeah, very obscure. Way to go, Farmer Steelman. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So the Dodgers in the extra inning, Muncie was on second base, and Chris Taylor bunted. For some reason, the Diamondbacks pitcher decided to try to go to third base from his knees with the third baseman not even on the base. Uh, he threw it away. Muncie scored. Dodgers tied things up. And then went on to win it uh, after Chris Taylor moved to third on a jot ground out. And then Will Smith won it. But Jeff, I know you have something to bring up about bunts in general. Everyone was going crazy about the bunt on Twitter at the time. Always bunt and bunts always win, whatever it was. Uh, But, you know, that's not really the case. But it worked out this time. But I know you have a gripe with someone. Yeah, and Joe Davis actually said it after Taylor bunted foul the first time. Joe Davis actually said, by bunting here, you're basically playing for the tie. Um, Because bunting, a sack bunt in that situation, increases your chances of scoring one run and decreases your chances of scoring more than one run. And and, because you're giving away an out. And and so, you know, that guy gets in, you still, you're going to need at least a couple hits to get a second run in. Uh, And the the thing is if Guerra doesn't make the boneheaded move if he just takes you out at first base that game goes to the 11th inning uh, because 
Taylor, you know, Taylor is the first out at first base. Jock is the second out. Smith is the fly out to left and the third out. Obviously, not that everything would have been exactly the same, but uh, the the point is most likely the Dodgers tie the game in the tenth uh, if that if they didn't get the error. And the fact is, one of the points that people make is you're forcing the defense to make a play, and sometimes they make a bad play. Uh, but you can't necessarily just assume that every time you do that, uh, the pitcher is going to make a bad decision and a bad throw on the same play. Uh, and one thing that bugged me a little bit, I was watching the postgame show, uh, and Jerry Harrison Jr., he said, uh, basically, I don't remember the exact words. I do remember one exact phrase because it's my least favorite phrase uh, that any former player uses. But Jerry said, anybody who doesn't like the sack bunt in that situation never played in the big leagues. Uh, and that's the phrase that drives me crazy. Never played in the big leagues. Um, but th- because the fact is, uh, everybody understands. People who who are against sack, butts in gen- sack bunts in general are against them because they understand the math and the numbers. And that means that they understand that your chances of scoring one run go up. And so uh, if it had been, if Kenley had gotten the strike three call on Christian Walker that he probably deserved, uh, and so the game was tied going to the bottom of the, in the 10th, there's not a single smart person in the world who would have disagreed with a sack bunt in that situation. Uh, you know, whether doing it when it's just playing for the tie uh, is more questionable, but the fact is, you know, I think they, you still take the Dodgers bullpen over the D-backs, so it makes sense to play for the tie there, just get to the 11th inning, get the game tied up, and it worked out that they ended up getting the win instead. Uh, but uh, when people defer to never played in the big leagues, that uh, appeal to authority, which is a logical fallacy, and the word fallacy means false, uh, just because Jerry Hairston played in the big leagues and so did his dad and so did his grandpa doesn't mean that he knows more about whether or not you should sacrifice bunt than people who know how to look at the history of baseball and read run scoring expectations charts and all that run expectancy charts. That's what they're called. And, and all that. And so, uh, basically by appealing to his authority as a former big league player, Jerry, uh, just showed his butt. Uh, that's uh, that's the clean wor- version of that phrase, I think. And uh, it worked out for the Dodgers tonight. Uh, but for me, sack bunts are kind of like salt in a chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, salt is the most important res- uh, ele- ingredient in chocolate chip cookies. Without salt, they taste gross. But that doesn't mean more salt is always better. And that's how I feel about small ball. There's a time and a place for small ball, and you need it when you need it. But that doesn't mean that you need more of it. Yeah, Jerry Hairston... He's an interesting character on the Sportsnet LA. But at the end of the day, like I said, bunts and, and small ball, when it works, obviously everyone's going to hype it up. There's only a few guys on the Dodgers that would be trusted to bunt anyways, Chris Taylor being one of them. Um, not really, never seen Mookie bunt, but there's not too many guys that you would trust with the bunt that aren't pitchers named Kershaw. So it just happened to work out for him. Uh, the first one was a nice bunt. That would have been a bunt for a hit. The third baseman didn't even really move till way late, so that wouldn't was more of might have been more of an off guard thing. So you realize he bunted again. Then it ended up being a planned thing, but it worked out. And uh, yeah, I don't have much on it. Yeah, and, and I and I thought I liked it. I liked the plan of let's just get to the eleventh inning um, because I, I do like the Dodgers' chances. 
more than the D-backs when it's a battle of the bullpens. And so I was fine with the plan of let's get one run and get to the to the 11th. And I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. Uh, but that that's all it was. It happened to work out. Yeah, the other part of the game was extra innings. And the new rule implemented once again with the runner on second, no outs to start the inning. Uh, you know, Jansen couldn't find the plate and maybe got squeezed a little, uh, but ended up allowing a run that probably would or wouldn't have scored if everything happened the same way. If that runner wasn't on second base, the Dodgers obviously used it to their advantage and bunted and, and scored right away. But Jeff, I know Rob Manfred, your favorite man in the world, had some words about the extra inning rule. Yeah, on the athletic happened to be, you know, yesterday, the same day the Dodgers went to extra innings for the fourth time this year. Rob Manfred uh, was talking about the the extra inning rule and he said, oh, my gosh, it was like a crime. It was like you were committing a crime against humanity. Now there's lots of people saying, you know what, this is actually OK. And uh, th- there are people saying that. And I've I've even personally found myself uh I'll, I'll be flipping on MLB TV and I'll turn on scores so I can see, oh, this game's tied in the ninth inning. They're going to go to extra innings. That'll be fun. And going to watch a game. And so uh, it is more fun with one really big exception, which is if you care who wins the game in question, the rule sucks. It changes the game. It's not fun if you are personally invested emotionally in who wins the game. It's a lot of fun to watch the Reds and Pirates go to extra innings because I don't care who wins that game. Uh, but to watch the Dodgers and Diamondbacks go to extra innings in that situation, it's like, this sucks. Like be, Because what it does is, I think Joe and Oral even said this, it, it, the, it evens the playing field more, uh, which is not what you want when you are a fan of a really good team. You don't want the playing field evened. You want the Dodgers to have the v- advantage they deserve uh, by virtue of being the much better team. Um, and, and somebody on Twitter compared it to uh, talking to me, compared it to having a three game series to open the playoffs. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's this thing that it takes away the advantage of being a significantly better team and in, in, introduces more possibility of random chance. And so, yes, uh, the there are a lot of people saying they like the rule. Those are people who are not personally invested in the success of any particular team who just like watching fun baseball, that's great. But the fact is most of the people watching any given game are going to be the people who care who wins that game. And so what Manfred is doing is saying, I care more about the opinions of a few people who don't root for any specific team over the opinions of the people who are actually going to be watching the games in question. And I don't think that's the right approach. He probably knows those people are going to watch the game no matter what, whereas other people might not watch or might just tune in when it's going to be extra innings. So I guess in that case, you can make a little bit of a case in his favor. But either way, yeah, I I don't mind the extra inning rule. Uh, You know, this year we knew there was going to be a lot of concessions about different rules and different things, and you just kind of had to roll with it. Nothing egregious about it. I will agree with him also saying that people (laughs) – you know, overreacted a little bit too much to the rule. It's it's really not that big a deal, you know, in the grand scheme of things. If it becomes a permanent thing, then, yeah, it, it's a little bit different. But just for this year, uh, I, there was a lot of overreaction on Twitter. I think my favorite overreaction was people saying, like, 
oh, like the numbers aren't going to add up at the end of the year, like all these runs scored, that blah, 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 this other stuff. And it's like, what do you care? Like, what does it matter uh, if the runs don't add up at the end of the year? It's just, you know, for some people are going to throw this entire season out as a wash anyway. Some people, you know, will be invested in it. Some people won't, whatever it is. But just for one year, uh, I don't mind it. Like I said, it's a little bit annoying sometimes when you're, reliever does exactly what would get a one two three inning in a normal situation and it run ends up scoring uh, hasn't really hurt the dodgers i don't think in terms of a loss with that specifically happening but you know, even today even with jansen he would have loaded the bases still but the run wouldn't have scored if he, if he kept going or at least he would have had bases loaded with one more chance to get another guy out so uh at the end of the day it's not that bad um it's not used in playoffs, right? That That's what they say, although I don't trust Rob Manfred to stick to that. Yeah, true. Yeah, If it was in playoffs, that'd be a different story. But for now, and it's working, uh, I believe you had the numbers at least at one point where the, overall the extra inning games are shorter than normal. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that's the point I was going to make. It, it is serving the stated purpose, which is to keep games from going a ton of innings. Uh, the average... Extra inning game, the last seven years, I crunched the numbers, it was about 11.4 innings. And this year, the average extra inning game is about 10.4 innings. It has cut a whole inning off. There hasn't been a game longer than 13 innings this year. Um, there, The shortest, I don't know how to say this, every year the last seven years has had at least one 17-inning game, plus games of innings amounts in between those and so the fact that they haven't gone longer than 13 is definitely improving um so yeah it's serving the purpose whether you agree that that's a purpose that should be served is one question i'm fine with it for this year uh i think it's fine uh it, it's making extra inning games shorter by innings and by time and that was their goal so yeah, it's doing the job it, it was kind of funny that in this game we watched tonight the the two runs the Dodgers scored, the tying run and the winning run. The tying run was scored by the guy who uh, grounded out with a runner in scoring position with the potential winning run in scoring position to end the ninth inning. And the winning run was scored by the guy who tried to get out on purpose to start the 10th inning. Uh, you know, it's it reminded me of in the World Baseball Classic a few years ago because they've been doing these international tiebreaker rules in the WBC. And I remember uh, Carlos Correa got player of the game for one game, uh, mostly because he scored the winning run. But the reason he scored the winning run was because he he hit into an inning-ending double play the previous inning, and then so he got placed on second base. So it's like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we got to temper how excited we are. You know, Max Muncy gets a run scored for grounding out to first base. Uh, but, hey, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah, Dodgers take the win. Like I said, won another series, continuing that streak. They'll go for the sweep tomorrow with uh, Clayton Kershaw on the mound. Jeff, you got anything else before we head out? Uh, no, there's plenty we can say. I guess we should mention uh, we didn't talk about Kenley Jansen's game, but we can at least mention that he did win Relief Pitcher of the Month, uh, properly recognized for having a really good month of end of July, all of August. Uh, and so uh, – you know, we didn't talk about his struggles too much in this game, uh, but he won an award, so that's cool. Yeah, his struggles could maybe be linked to pitching back-to-back days, which is why Dave Roberts probably didn't want to use him yesterday. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers won, and 
I don't know if they'll try to avoid using them back-to-back days or if they will try to keep doing it to get him used to it. I guess we'll just have to see how that plays out. Yeah, I also don't think he's super well-suited to pitch in extra innings with these rules since we know that he's never really liked pitching with a runner on second base. And so it seems like bringing him in specifically with a runner on second base might not be the best idea, uh, especially if it's not a safe situation. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully the Dodgers don't have to play any more extra inning games. Uh, But that will do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to keep listening, checking in every weekday with us here. We will be here uh, talking about the Dodgers. Make sure you tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe, download, listen, rate, review, all that good stuff. You know what to do. Get the name out there. Get the word out there. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Our DMs are open on all those accounts. You can also reach us via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via phone, 323-863-5625. You can do a voicemail or shoot us a text there. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Say D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 